How's it? Hello, welcome to 3-Bit Design, where we break down some of the most influential games into the three bits that we think defined them the most. I'm Tristan. I'm Oliver. And today we are talking about Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine. 40k. Correct. <laughs> a reminder, there will be spoilers ahead for the game. We will not stop ourselves from discussing anything narrative-related. If that's important to you, please be aware. <laughs> In terms of the structure, what's coming up is we'll briefly contextualize or introduce what the game is very vaguely, very broadly, and then we'll unpack three bits or topics of discussion. Beautiful. Any uh, opening bits, Oliver? Kick us off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine is a third-person shooter hack-and-slash game mm -hmm. developed by Relic Entertainment and published by THQ. It was released for all the things throughout uh, 2011, like various dates, and then it was even ported to Japan later that same year, which I think is remarkable. Mm game takes place in Games Workshop's Warhammer 40,000 universe and features the Ultramarines chapter. Its gameplay focuses on a hybrid shooting and melee combat model, which we will break down in a little bit. In Space Marine, the game, the player engages enemies with both melee and ranged weaponry from a third-person point of view, very much close over the shoulder. Um, they're, they're big, brutish humans you're following around. And these main antagonists faced by our heroes are the orcs and then eventually the forces of chaos which i realized in watching a review that people who aren't fans or followers of warhammer 40k might be very surprised by because the narrative does not really do a hell of a lot explaining that i don't know if you found that yourself oliver explaining like the the chaos faction Oh right, yeah. They kind of rely on back background knowledge of of Warhammer for that. I think, yeah. I I wasn't fully. I was like, it sounds, it looks cool, and it sounds cool, but <laughs> it works for the story. <laughs> Who are these guys? But, yeah. Fair, fair. Okay, good. I'm glad that tracks. Well, look, the player character Titus has regenerative abilities, and this is purely, I think, in a mechanical sense when we describe the game. When your health's low, performing actions, you can regain health. We'll get into a bit more detail about that for an actual bit. But Titus uh, himself is accompanied by Sidonis, Leandros. For most of the missions, these are your, your squad mates. Uh, and then some of the missions you perform alone. The game features a fury meter. When you fill that up, you get health regeneration, stronger attacks, all sorts of things. It was quite, um, I don't want to say revolutionary for its time, but it was pretty interesting. Uh, the addition of purity seals to improve things like um, rate of recharging and the effectiveness of your ranged attacks is pretty cool. Uh, mm. And you do get to use the starting weapons like the combat knife, the bolt pistol, and then a whole lot of new weapons uh, added on as you play the game. One in particular, I realized, was not featured in the tabletop game, only in this video game, and that's the Vengeance Launcher. That's oh, the really? one that does the sticky fusion grenades. I didn't know that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, those are the only uh, little tidbits I have for the opening introduction. What do you have to say, Oliver? I One little random thing. Relic yeah. Entertainment was founded in 1997, the year I was born. So oh, no ways. <laughs> and uh, also, they, um, I saw on their website that 
um, this game was apparently Warhammer's first foray onto console. It does make sense because Dawn of War was already a game by this point, I right. believe. So it was the first multi-platform experience for Warhammer franchise. Rather. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, shall we dive in and tackle some very specific parts of the design that we thought were really interesting? Yes, just can I just say something on the on the weapons? The um I found I found it did you notice when in the, at the beginning with the knife you get mm. he wields it very strange. I think it's like he wields it as they wield it in the figurines and 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 all the things, but seeing it in motion was very strange. It's like it's kind of like holding it backwards all the time, and he's like slicing backwards. Mm, it's that sort of um, yeah, close quarters combat. I, it reminded it's me not a bit holding of um, like a normal, like a normal yeah, person would hold. It's it, not like I'm a stab you with this yeah, knife. A sword. It's, yeah, it's kind of like it's that. Um, it reminded me of Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Doesn't he do that a lot? He kind of like I'm being creepy, yeah, I'm being yeah, stealthy. Maybe, I'm just gonna yeah. hack, hack, hack. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was like a it was like a big blade kind of being held. The wrong way around, Back to front. Which, which was quite, quite noticeably weird. But, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's always a question: what's scarier, <laughs> my fist or this pointy thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anywho, shall we dive into bit number one? Let's. That's it. Just let's. Yeah. <laughs> you have. <laughs> I felt like you were permission. building up with your uh, with your tone there. Um, <laughs> Bit number I one, I have named Hordes of Fun. Just talking about the, I think the game excels when you are ripping through hordes of enemies. I, You mentioned it, you named it a hack and slash game, which is interesting. I, pro- I think it's, I think, I don't know if you can classify it as a hack and slash if there is also gunplay. Mm. But... Each it's like hack and slash and shoot. <laughs> yeah, it's like a third-person shooter slash hack and slash. Yes, <laughs> I, I believe that's what Wikipedia also says. Right, right, right. <laughs> they like they just list all of those things in succession. But yeah, very good point. Very good. Point. Um, but yeah, I think um, the slashing is definitely one of the uh, peak parts of the experience. I think I enjoyed myself definitely the most when there was just lots of enemies coming at you, and I think the melee shines. Uh, in this game, except later on when there is more ranged enemies coming into play. Uh, but I think def- definitely at the beginning, it just felt really cool to just uh, rip through hordes. Um, definitely the most satisfying part of the combat. I think it really stood out. I think it's um, that felt quite um, not necessarily unique to this game, but it felt very polished as like a horde um, sort of mechanic and um, also kind of an aside in terms of polish the cinematics are actually quite fancy I didn't expect the like the all the lip syncing and stuff was very very accurate oh and, yeah and especially very, for yeah. its time right? yeah and it didn't seem like a massive like it didn't seem like a massive AAA studio necessarily uh, compared to like the, the the household names of like Ubisoft and things, you might be doing more accurate motion capture. But um, yeah, props to them for having such nice animations. 
Oh, yeah. And all the way through, I mean, if we're talking about the, the hordes themselves as well, it's a lot of enemies on screen and they're all animating in very interesting and fun ways. Yeah, 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 for sure. Very characteristic. The Yeah, so back to the hordes, the melee brawling, very cool. The It feels very much like blood and guts sort of combat. You're just kind of ripping through them and there's a lot of gore. There's kind of enemies falling apart. Um, there is actually a thing I saw on their website that was about the state. Um, we expanded beyond the traditional squad-based battle scene in Dawn of War series to create a whole new Warhammer 40k experience that was focused completely on the brutality and intimacy of individual combat. And I think that really shows in those moments especially mm. um so it was definitely a pillar of the game and and that shines through um i also think the weapons especially the melee the range of melee weapons that get presented throughout the game kind of encourage this behavior the j- chainsaw slicing i think the chainsaw is like the first non we talked about the the kind of the combat knife you get but the chainsaw is kind of the first um upgrade i guess you get from those support caches that lay around mm. um and that kind of really immediately um showcases the fun of these hordes i think you um with combined with all the chainsaw effect uh sound effects and and kind of ripping through the enemies it is an incredibly really satisfying, satisfying yeah. weapon because i think it's a i mean it's a warhammer thing the chain sword right yeah i yeah, feel yeah. like it's, it's quite particular I, I know they've they've riffed on it before does gears of war have something similar I don't know. I never played Gears of War. Maybe we'll we'll have to pick you know, it up. Me sometime. too. I've played a whole like fifteen minutes of Gears of War, but uh, I am aware that people have uh, compared right. Space Marine to Gears of War, call it, calling it a clone. Mm, oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are lots of reasons I can see that that's true, but also I can point to a couple of um, reasons that it deviates drastically. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed out the chainsaw. I think it makes a lot of Warhammer fans happy. Yeah, the chainsaw, and then kind of that mixed with the combo attacks. I also like that each kind of melee weapon had its own sort of combat combo attack style. The um the battle axe sort of um power power axe? Power axe? Is that it? Is it a power axe? <laughs> well that Yeah, we've done our research. That thing. <laughs> it's also it's kind of like the next the next big melee weapon you find also very satisfying in its own way. It, got, it has like a wider reach. And then there is also the Thor's hammer sort of thing um, that limits your use of ranged weapons, but it's uh, much more powerful in combos and kind of AOE. Um, getting rid of hordes of enemies, very satisfying. Um, but then also, even on the gun part, they do a lot of uh, cool things. There is the Melta gun, which is this wide range burst of... Uh, I'm going to say like fire is heat, something like that. Yes. It's called melt something of that So it's nature, melting yeah. related. Um, so it's very cool. It kind of like a wide burst and it goes quite far. So when you have this whole horde of enemy lined up and you shoot this, you kind of take them all out. They all fall back there. You Probably not in one go taken out, but they're all stunned and, and lying there. It's very satisfying. And then all of that, kind of these guns, um, also, the jetpack is very cool. You can ground oh, pound. That um, jetpack, I feel like 
it's it's one of my my gripes of the game and i think many people who spoke about it reviewed it were like that was super fun um and i i thought that was ap- that was so cool and great but i found the reason you got it and then took yeah. it off was really yeah, yeah, yeah. not grounded <laughs> in anything yeah i agree i think cuz then he randomly takes it off and is like i'm out of fuel yeah, and it's like at no point Wait. were you telling me to watch a fuel gauge. Yeah, there is no fuel. What are you talking about? Yeah. How did <laughs> Narrative you fuel. fuel? Yeah. <laughs> wasn't actively using it. Suddenly he's out of fuel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very satisfying where you have the jetpack and you're kind of jumping up in the air, um, bash down on a whole horde of enemies. There's, there's this whole slow-mo thing when you hit hit the ground and, those, and the enemies all get knocked back very... Um, effective for the hordes and then also i think um just in general kind of the third person shooting is designed to be um satisfying on hordes because of the large third person reticule it uses i think it is big yeah it's very large it's not very precise it's kind of more of a spray Mm. um so you can just plow down on enemies without aiming down and it's very there was a bit of an effective. aim assist wasn't there i think so yeah because that reticule was so large i think you get a little bit of support if the enemy lands somewhere within that range mm. uh so yeah and then there is also the grenades very effective in hordes very um kind of fun to chuck them when you see hordes of enemies coming and the turrets that are kind of laid out throughout different spaces of the map you can expect a lot of hordes when when you see a turret you're like oh this is a hordes time um and then you can kind of you can attach yourself to it and shoot or you can even detach the turret and take it with you the turret was super op if you kind of um <laughs> if you're kind of saving your bullets and taking it further than the game probably wanted you to uh it was very easy to kind of get to the ends of the levels so i was i was very careful with the bullets on that one but yes, very satisfying, all very nice. Um, I think the drawback, I think, oh yeah, and then all of that combined with the Fury mode. Uh, it's kind of when you press on the on the on a controller, you would press both joysticks, and you would enter Fury mode, which allows you to. Uh, I think it just kind of like boosts everything eventually, depending on how many upgrades you've picked up. But it basically. Uh, recharges your health actively and then um i think your damage increases i think the your reload speed increases and um yeah just a bunch of those upgrades that allowed you just to kind of double down on all of these things and then really like i always used it when when i was just surrounded and just get rid of everyone in one quick sweep with all those furious bonus bonus fury bits um so yeah all very satisfying all fits together very nicely but i found it then strange i've i found it a bit of a shame that the game didn't kind of drive off of hordes as a focus more than there are kind of segments of the game where there's a lot more ranged enemies and i think in those parts of the games it kind of felt a little bit less fun a little bit more it tried to go a little bit more strategic sometimes i think um forcing you to use cover and things like that to get rid of 
to get out of range to kind of snipe uh, enemies one by one that were that were kind of shooting explosive at you and things like that. But then it didn't actually have a cover mechanic, so getting behind cover was very tedious. Like you didn't really feel like you were safe. You were kind of standing behind it. And yeah, it and didn't it was, fully it was cover awkward. Fire. Yeah, because um. I mean, Space Marines are massive, right? And yeah. <laughs> just kind of, you're strategically standing behind a rare thing that is taller than you, um, but you're definitely not ducking. It didn't feel safe, yeah. Yeah, and it just felt, you're right, it wasn't like clearly a, we need you to cover now. And I agree with you. I think the last third of the game I definitely found was not as fun as the first half. Yeah. Uh, but on the topic of lacking cover, I do still think that not having a cover mechanic is very much... Uh, in the spirit of the Space Marine. Sure. And if I stand corrected, I think it was also part of their marketing <laughs> where they were like... Um, Guns blazing. Yeah, and like yeah. Uh, taking covers for the weak, basically. <laughs> um, I think your reaction is generally, I will melee you faster. That's how I uh, get, get like, I solve that problem, but not in, as you say, the parts of the game where they focus on the ranged. I did find it interesting to throw this at you as well while you're in the the scope or the realm of it, that mm-hmm. you don't block. I'm correct. There is no block button. Um, No. There's like a stun, but there is no block. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> do you want to block? No, you can kick <laughs> something instead. Yeah. Yeah, so I felt it was a little bit of a, a shame and sometimes a bit of a mismatch because of that kind of transition to more ranged enemies, um, which didn't always feel... Great. Um, I think the game definitely shined in its hordes and and melee combat, hack and slash sort of elements. Um, And even kind of... I especially enjoyed kind of the more explosive weapons you got later on. Uh, There's the plasma gun, I think, which you can charge up and shoot. And it creates this big explosion, depending on how much you charge it up. And that was very effective and, again, super satisfying in hordes. So yeah, um, I kind of wish more of the game overall coalesced around the fun of Hordes um, and didn't kind of force you in spaces where you where you were kind of forced to take cover, but didn't re- but co- cover didn't really come naturally. And as you say, it didn't like it shouldn't because it's not in the spirit of the game. But they were kind of, it felt a little bit mismatched sometimes because they were pushing it with all the ranged things going on. But yes, overall, lots of fun, lots of hack and slash, lots of gore and goods. Gore and goods. What did you think of the inventory system for your ranged weapons? Well, your weapons mm. in general. Pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did kind of struggle with uh well I didn't struggle like I you kind of had to swap out weapons, right? If you wanted to go yeah. back to other things or you didn't mm. want the sniper and you wanted the plasma cannon, uh, things like that, it would... It's kind of weird because I wasn't always sure which weapon it was going to swap out and I would have rather been able to choose which weapon you're switching, but I think that's a balancing thing. They wanted to make sure you didn't have all the explosive weapons because that would be way too overpowered or something. Mm. Things like that's, that. Now that I you say that out loud, I guess that does make sense to me. But in playing it i found it wasn't clear whether there were slots for things like long ranged or elite weapons and sometimes i was like oh why do i get to swap out this for that thing yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but not the other one and 
here's a, a follow-up question is how much of a warhammer fan are you oliver i dabbled in it very briefly when i was a teenager Making a couple Youngin. of models, but I don't know much about the the lore and things. So it's very I, much. Uh, I don't do um, the Space Marines as a faction myself, mm. but I'm also a follower. Um, and maybe you know this better than I do. With the actual minis for the tabletop, I think they do have like the little Space Marines. You can change out their weapons, right? You can say, "Well, uh, use this gun instead of that gun." Mm. And a part of me feels like if they were trying to do that for the tabletop, there was maybe a more of a slick way to allow you to like change your loadout. I understand limiting it based on how the mini works as well, saying, well, look, they don't carry backpacks. They don't have giant bags with seven guns. You only have these few. But I liked... I would have liked the idea of like, I can choose any two to go with and whatever I think yeah. is best for my situation, let me choose. I think that would have been more fun, yeah. I think there's a there's a balance to strike there because again, it'll be like, a balancing thing of can I just take the OP weapons? Um, but yeah. I think I did like the simplicity of not having to go through a big inventory and whatever. But I do mm. like, I do, I would prefer the idea of being able to choose. I like this weapon and I like this weapon. Um, yeah. And then at some them. point, um, you get to a, a, a level where you're like, oh, my favorite loadout is actually not useful because they've. Yeah, exactly. The game. It was hard to gauge Thanks. what yeah. would be useful coming up. True, true. Mm. Anywho, that will be bit number one. Bravo. That was very exciting. I enjoyed that. Thank you so much for bit number one. Indeed, we move on to bit number two. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> right. So, taking the reins. Good, sir. This one will be as brief as I can make it. For me, it's the, the central pillar of... Uh, the game if i think about it immediately i yes i agree i think of hordes i think of our third bit but this is the one that sticks out to me we mentioned gears of war a moment ago that this could be a clone the one specific design choice i think that allows this game to deviate drastically is this health regeneration mechanic um, which doesn't happen in gears of war Uh, and this is what we want to tackle so i'm going to look at this from sort of two categorical categorical lenses. We talk about defense and offense. So the health system in Space Marine, as we've mentioned, is slightly more complicated than a typical third-person shooter. Mm. You've got your health. This is red bar at the top of the screen. But then you've got your armor, which is this highlighted border around the health bar. Now, the armor is your first line of defense. So any damage that you receive is going to hit that armor first, and it will regenerate if you're not taking damage, which is cool. Um, But the health itself will not regenerate. There's only one way you recover that health, and that is like execution takedowns, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no health power-ups. You literally, this is the thing you have to do, and I think it's such a good tight design loop why do i like it listen to the gdc talk about doom's push forward combat (laughs) it's exactly that i don't know who decided this was a good idea first probably games before either of these games doom and uh space marine but the fact that it you're playing arranged as you said it's a hack and slash but it's also a shooter what's going on here you're expected to use these really cool space marine guns but then you might be low in health. You can't just hide behind a box like you do in Gears of War, like you do in Call of Duty and just mm. wait for your health to magically regenerate. You've actually got to go into the fray and play the way that devs think is the most fun. And that's getting in the middle of the hordes with the guts and the gore. 
Yes. So that's from the offensive side, this this idea, sorry, the defensive side in terms of this mechanic. In terms of the offensive side, um, we know that the main hook for Space Marine, as Oliver has mentioned, is this visceral melee combat and feeling like a Space Marine uh, in the middle of the things. You've got two attack buttons. They're pretty easy. There's a primary attack button, and then there's your stun. Um, You can mash the the main one, as Oliver said, and then you stun to temporarily incapacitate your victim, right? That's then them being vulnerable to execution, and that's how you perform this uh, offensive maneuver to act defensively. So to regain a portion of your health, you have to be offensive. It's really interesting to me. uh, And I think the more powerful enemies um, that are in the game, they can block stuns. Then you've got to work around that. You're like, okay, Mm -hmm. how do I actually um, lower the health of this thing enough so that I can stun them? Um, So you soften them up, for example. And I think it's really interesting. Certain enemies, though, like the little Gretchens and the Chaos Guardsmen, they can just be executed without even stunning them. It's like, this is free money for me. I just got to get in there and destroy these chaps and I've got some free health. So they're just little sweets out in the world. (laughs) Why do I think this is an interesting bit to comment on? I think there's a semblance of strategic complexity while also maintaining this arcadey accessibility. And really, it's just the tight loop that I think is really satisfying to me as a designer is finding this kind of gameplay style where the one thing feeds the other thing uh, and keeps it going round and round. I'm sorry I don't have any interesting quotes to throw in here. It's really just me um, acknowledging that this is a really cool, interesting design that I I quite like whenever I see it in any game. Uh, What are your thoughts on it, Oliver? Yeah, I thought it was super effective. I think think hearing you talk about it as well um, kind of gives me uh, makes me think even deeper about it and on how kind of successful it was. I think, I think, as you say, just the, I think the the combo of the shield being able to recharge, but the health being limited, and then also the only way to get health back being those takedowns. I think is is like that that worked like a treat. It was super effective, um, because there is no health pickups in this world. You actually yeah. have to run up to it and and there there were definitely moments in where i was very low in health and i was like there's no way (laughs) (laughs) how am i going to i'm being sniped across the map how am i going to get to an enemy and actually do this takedown maneuver to get my heal back but it's kind of just like a guns blazing this is it um i gotta go for it and i think that's like that kind of all bets on the table um it's all or nothing kind of feeling is that is just so in the essence in the spirit of this game um which which makes it so effective and such a treat i think it's really it's really well thought through agreed and i think the uh uh i think the armor recovering is an interest like logically you're like how is this armor recovering but um. <laughs> oh yeah, good point. Uh, <laughs> it's just like their resilience, right? It's just like their right. willpower. That's what right. I saw. I oh, know it said right. health and whatever, but I honestly read it as just space marine um, psychological. Like that bar wasn't representing the blood in my body to me. <laughs> uh, it was representing this this conviction. Right. That's cool. Very hardcore. 
very space marine, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that little loop is very effective. Um, I think the takedowns themselves, awesome. I think oh. it was really cool that um, each melee weapon had their own animations for it. Mm. Uh, like the the chainsaw would kind of rip through the enemy. The axe would you would kind of hack it into the enemy and then throw them on the ground and then slice them open afterwards. There is it was all kind of and then and then the thunder hammer you would kind of like lurch it into the enemy's stomach and then uh, and then bring them to the ground. My favorite is probably the the shield execution on the orcs. Oh yeah, that's really cool. I just, yeah. I just always I love those sorts of things when you're like I will use this thank you yeah um I think yeah, I think that is more like that yeah and I think those combining those kind of really cool animations um bringing that in slow motion kind of made those cool. uh, made those feel super epic and very, it's very cinematic in that regard yeah. isn't it it's a game that uh, manages to use the camera and like time dilation really well to make you feel like you're constantly being very dramatic let alone what the, you know music is doing with all the piping horns and the you know classical score yeah it gives it it gives it weight right mm, when it's happening weight. you're like oh this is, <laughs> this, is a, this is a big kill this yeah is a big kill and then that and then that kind of translating into that reward of health it's kind of like a really nice cause and effect um little segment um, I think the uh, also it's kind of interesting, like the way you can see you can do the takedown is a little red indicator above the head. Yep, it shows up that they're being stunned, and and you can do this thing. How often did you immediately change what you were doing to go find that? Right, <laughs> Quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's one. They're ready. They're ready, and you yeah. like, run on over. I just be kind of plowing through the masses and then see one in the distance, and I try to like, I try to get to it and accidentally hit someone else, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. It's very it's you're kind of like, oh, this guy's ready for the finisher, and then you're like, my health is pretty low. It'd be quite good if I get to it. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty. It's it's very effective. The kind of little little notice, and then it doesn't last very long. And if you, no. and if you kind of also if you keep attacking him, he snaps out of it. So it's uh, yeah, you've got to perform the execution. Yeah, or you have to no not touch him and do it fast enough. Uh, so get to him quickly enough to be able to do it. So it's very, it's kind of very nice little, nicely packed together. Um, and the only the only thing I would say though, it um. I guess in a sense it felt also slightly counteractive to the hordes this this element of honing down on a single enemy when kind of fighting in the masses. But then I also at the same time I think they kind of struck a pretty good balance where when that happens um once you kind of hit once you kind of strike the enemy down I think the others get a little bit of knockback the ones around you. Yeah. Um so uh, I think with the slow-mo and a bit of knackback, they kind of did a good balance there. Um, yes. I think Happy? that's all I had to say. Yeah. Splendid. Thank you very much. Very that cool. concludes bit number two. Nice. And bit number tres is... Fictional world. I... One thing that stood out to me playing this game as a... So I never played a Warhammer. Oh, actually, I played Vermintide a little bit, but very briefly. 
but okay. I didn't play a kind of very canonical sort of Warhammer game before. Uh, and um, so I I knew the figurines, but I never properly played the games. So I didn't really, I don't, I don't know much about the backstory, the lore kind of coming into it fresh, fresh-eyed, um, fresh-minded, seeing what this game feels like as a casual player coming in without much backstory. And I, one thing that kind of stood out to me was this game, I think fittingly, is very arcadey in its world building, where nothing in the level, like the levels don't look super believable in a, in like a world building point of view. They're very much like all the levels are kind of laid out in corridors and, and rubble and stuff that fell perfectly in place. And there's a lot of exactly the same crates in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, in, in a weird way, that reminded me of the tabletop game because oh, okay. I, I think those are pretty much the same terrain uh, models you get from mm. Games Workshop that you paint up and put on your battlefield. And generally, if you're like a young'un and you only have so many terrain pieces that you keep building the same kind of battle maps to play with your friends it will look the same i found that quite funny but i yeah. entirely agree with you the the browns and the grays in all the arena corridor <laughs> arena corridor arena corridor yeah it's pretty much structured like that isn't it yeah it's kind of it's a very on the nose uh wayfinding mm. um and then also i think it's it was kind of so if I guess if you know that it's it's fun and it's and it's interesting. I think if you coming in from the outside and you don't know much about uh, Warhammer, which is probably not the audience they were going for anyway, so it's probably <laughs> it's probably fine in that regard. But as kind of an outsider, it, it does feel kind of sparse, and it's kind of a weird mismatch between the storytelling, where they try to be kind of very, um, they try to really drive the narrative in this game. I found. With, mm. with quite a lot of cinematics and, and fancy cinematics cutscenes um, where they had dialogue between characters and kind of growing relationships. Um, even though a lot of the dialogue, uh, there's like a weird lack of emotion on the characters' faces, but I think that's also a sign of the times. Um, and a lot of very literal dialogue, kind of like, oh... We must reach the cannon. You must go that way to reach the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what you mean. Um, I was torn because, like, a part of me goes, "Oh yes, that's just because that is the tone of these weird <laughs> stories." But a lot of the novels and writings from, like, the Black Library have explored characterization a bit better since then. Mm. I think so. You're right. There, there was opportunities to, you know. Share some character um, in conversations, but you know it'll just be like, "Should we go to the cannon?" Yes, let's go to the cannon. Where's yeah. the cannon? The cannon's over there. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think it was everything, like from the dialogue to the level design, was all very kind of gameplay driven. How do you get to the to the fighting fun the fastest? Um, yeah, I suppose. How do you? Could you? Yeah. Would you mind talking to me about lifts? Lifts. The the elevators. Oh right, interesting, interesting. Yeah, interesting. what was what was your experience yeah. of the the elevators in in lieu of what you're talking about now? I think so. 
to talk about the elevator part, I also kind of want to talk about every like this the scale of everything. Oh, so yeah. all the kind of all the buildings are massive, which I think is I think is also in line with the world with the world building of how the Warhammer universe is. Um, yeah, it's it's a cathedral warehouse, right? Basically, so kind of all the kind of pillars and arches and rooms, everything is is um, very scaled up. If you're talking in in, in um, assets kind of sense, yes. Oh, that's true. I see what you mean. As opposed to being on like a skybox in the background, you literally have these giant models. Yeah, everything moving around is very blown up and very large. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a normal game, but everything is like scaled up times three or something. <laughs> yeah, then, but I think that works with again works very well with the gameplay because you have these very large open spaces to allow these hordes to come in and and have all that cover to work with and things like that. But then I think, so the scale then on the elevators, the elevators were very massive. They were like huge rectangles. And when I see (laughs) elevators like that, I always expect enemies to jump on. At yes. some point, and you fight the enemies on the elevator, right? Right. But it never it happened. Remind, in this it didn't happen at all. It, never it reminded me of the 2018 God of War game. It, there was a, a very specific part in 2018 God of War. You ride that elevator yes. lift up, and yeah, there's like yeah, yeah. all these beautiful fights, and the lift breaks, and all this cool stuff. And I was like, ah, we only learned to do this in 2018, not right. in 2011. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's very strange because the elevator is clearly made for more than the three people that we were walking on there with. Do you think if it wasn't just a, an environmental uh, sort of conceptual thing to have, this is the size of these lifts because it's an industrial planet and mm. they'll be carting huge things. Do you reckon they maybe had design intentions for combat to exist on the elevator? Yeah, I don't know, actually. Maybe. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it was the whole experience of showing you travel up and down these lifts instead of hiding or maybe it's hiding a loading screen. I don't know. But you're choosing not to, you know, just cut away to something yeah. else or show me a cutscene. You're actually letting me play here, um, showing me the external environment as it comes past and everything. But I'm not putting on any armor or doing anything dramatic. The conversation isn't always there. Like there are some lift rides where I was just quiet and no one says anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and it's okay. quite slow. Yeah. yeah, maybe I don't know. Understandably, there's animation resources involved, yeah. there's technology of the time, budget, whatever. But I just felt coherency and consistency would have been useful here. Um, you know, you could have done some clever cheats, like um, you know, elsewhere they position the camera above that drop pod when you watch the captain walk in without the jump pack, and then mm. out with a jump pack. And I was like, there you go, you did something clever with the camera. Yeah, Why could cool. we not do? You know something else. You're giving me player control and visibility on a really boring elevator ride. Could we not have done something else here? Um, but yeah, that was just my one gripe about the game, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to know what you thought about that. Yeah, yeah, and I think, but I also think like so, all these large spaces and these massive scaled-up buildings and things like that. It kind of, again, when coming back to world building, it kind of feels. I couldn't really put my, as an outsider to like as as a pretty not well-versed person on kind of the whole Warhammer universe. This, like, it, it found, I found it a very hard world to believe in. Like, I didn't know who actually would live in these spaces. Because in, in, sure. in kind of, 
in the context of this game, I guess it was humans living in these places, right? It was like the troops. Yeah, yeah. It's like all those audio logs you collect are of them speaking to like the, I don't want to say employees, but the workers who are building all of the the weapons and things that they send out to space marines across the galaxy. And it's like, I mean, there was even those audio logs that are like, get back to work, even though there's an alien invasion, don't be late. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so like all of that kind of, it doesn't like, it would take ages to get anywhere with those massive spaces. (laughs) So it kind of feels like, it felt like a weird size for humans. What is the function of it? Yeah. Yeah. And then also, I think, but I guess the elevators then the size makes sense if you're transporting massive like parts and stuff for for weapons and things. But but it just felt a little bit weird. And then also, I think because of the lack of just environmental props, there was like a few things here and there, but it was very, very sparse. There was there wasn't like, I don't know, like debris from a from like desks or whatever or or like furniture that was torn apart anywhere there was there was like a little section with a couple of uh bunk bedrooms but that was like that was like the most detail you get in the game that's all they get that's because life is so harsh oliver (laughs) (laughs) there is no living in this universe there is just concrete (laughs) yeah everything else was just it was just the stones and and like a couple of benches and a lot of crates and it just felt like is like what are we even protecting here like is there any life here Do people live here? Um, and then also at the same time, I thought it kind of, like not knowing much about the universe. I thought it was kind of weird, like orcs in sci-fi, like orcs coming down from space. But like, like <laughs> I suppose I fantasy mean, in space. That might generally just be like a deeper question about yeah. the Warhammer mythos, but yeah. that's a very good one. <laughs> I just kind of felt like, wait, this is how did they get here? Yeah, they seem kind of dim. But yes, um, all of that together, lack of decorative props, very high scales, uh, large scale buildings, world building kind of made it hard to believe. But I think on the one hand, like on the one hand, it's very good to be able to kind of focus on what's important in this game. It was very much about the action, very much about the hack and slash on the fun of killing um, and not get distracted by exploration. And I think it worked really well in this game. Like, I wasn't exploring much in this game, which is very odd for me. I'm a very completionist when it comes to games. And I quite yes. liked not having to think about those things for once and just just kind of plow through. Like, it felt like it kind of... On the lines of Doom, where you just you just get through the level and, you, like, you just... You switch off and you play the game and, and you focus on the fun and you move on. And I think that really works well for this game and and so it fit well for it yeah yeah i'm glad you could have this moment with this game <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a nice experience does that wrap up at number three it does the only other thing i would say is like part of that is the support caches that are kind of throughout these these partial upgrades you get and these new weapons just lying around it's kind yeah they kind of part of that like where did they come from yeah, exactly. They, they lacked any connection to the world. I agree with you. It yeah. was very gamey. That kind of made me go, oh, yes, this is still a game. I couldn't yeah. fully immerse myself. Yeah. And they were like these very, kind of very purposefully put in place gothic looking structures with weapons inside of them, um, kind of in the middle of, of, a, of a debris filled battleground. Yeah. Um, 
still completely beautifully intact. Uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of an of an odd. It's because they well. they just dropped them there for you, you know, Space Marines. It was like a whole lot of soldiers <laughs> who came past, just like, oh, we should leave these for the Space Marines yes. coming later. Yes, yes. <laughs> correct. Oh uh, yeah, cool. That is that Warhammer, and we are Space concluded. Marines. What a what a joy! Thank you for playing it, Oliver. Um, yeah, thanks. This was a request from me. Yeah, it was nice to I. It was nice to dive into these games, and and I hadn't played kind of like a switch off. I was kind of looking for a switch off shooter I can just have a bit of fun with on the off um, arcade style. I really am glad about fulfilled that. It. Yay! No, I'm super chuffed. That's awesome. Um, if anyone and actually, wants to... just to point out, the ending was actually really cool. I think the, the <laughs> kind of climax to the story was pretty sick. I saw. Uh, because we spoke about this earlier today, that uh, I never got all the way to the very end. But I did watch the footage. Um, I hear tell that it was pretty much like a QTE, the final battle. Yeah, the yeah, I the see. actual killing of the Chaos Man. Is, Chaos uh, Man. Is, uh, but it's pretty cool. It's kind of like, I guess we can spoil it, right? Can we spoil it? We, we do warn about spoilers. That's <laughs> yeah, not a did, thing in did. this podcast. Uh, so, you, yeah, you kind of like fall down the tower with him. And then he's kind of falling below you, and then you you shoot a little bit while avoiding debris that's kind of coming the other way. And then from time to time you land on him, and then you gotta press QTE things to kind of hit him at with it, and then dodge him, and then hit him, and then dodge him until he's. Kind I mean, of... I never was bothered by the similarity of what you've described when I did that to Boulder in God of War 2018 <laughs> at the end of that game because that was extremely satisfying. Yeah, it's very, it's it's all very cinematic and it, it felt kind of like a nice nice conclusion to the game. Oh, it was cool, great. Well, yes. Oh, and what was I saying? Well, to wrap up the podcast, then, how can people leave us a message or chat to us or a comment? Like, where, where could they go? And what have you been playing, Tristan? Oh yeah, does that? <laughs> which one of these things happen first? I think this happens first. Oh, well, I beg your pardon. You know what? We've Please. now hinted at it twice, and we can just allow the listener to wait in anticipation. You just, you just haven't been playing anything, and you're embarrassed, and you want to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to move through it right now. Um, no, no, I will tell you what I've been playing, but only after you tell me first. I have been playing two games, actually. I've been playing Mario Wonder with my partner. Oh, yay. And Spider-Man 2 by myself. Oh, my man. Um, I want to know all about that game because I'm desperate to play it. Yes, so far, Spider-Man 2, very cool. It's uh, it's a lot of the same, but I think they went a lot more in-depth with combat and ability systems. And the story kind of uh, is a lot more in-depth because you got both characters. I think it's it's playing out really cool. I'm excited to play more. And Mario Wonder is a joy and a delight, especially with playing with other people. There is kind of... it's. It's classic Mario platforming goodness, but then combined with there's always this magical wonder flower in each level, which completely switches up the level in some wild and creative way. And it's really cool. There's this one example, level two, I think. There is this flower you pick up and then it turns into kind of the rest of the game turns into this piranha musical where the piranha plants come out of the pipes and sing a song. That's so great. Very satisfying. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh man, I should give that a go. I'm, I know you've mentioned this before. Is we need to do more Nintendo games? Yes. Podcast. Yeah, I think we'll. Do we have a few lined up? We do. We, um, we should do more. Yes. All right. 
<laughs> How about yourself? How about me? I have been spending some few hours <laughs> in Baldur's Gate 3. Ah, yes. Finally. I think I've just crested the 30-hour mark, and that is at the point that I moved through to Act 2 in the game. <laughs> um, I've had a lovely time. It was a bit of a touch and go at first because I started playing uh, with my partner. We did the co-op thing because that's why we got the game. We wanted to play together and we just couldn't grok it. We play D&D together all the time, but um, as much as that helped us uh, inherently know what the mechanics would be, we struggled with at least the console controls at first and figuring out mm. what to do. We kept dying on the road by knolls. Turns out once we lowered the difficulty, it was a bit easier. But um, making my own single solo player campaign and playing through that kind of let me get the hang of things. So when we come back to the co-op now, my partner and I are having a much better time. Right. Nice, Good nice, stuff. nice. Have you played it? I haven't, but it's definitely on my list. I'll, I'll pick it up sometime soon, but there is so much coming out. Dude, there is. I did, um, um, speaking of difficulty, actually, I did notice in, in the... Space Marines. I wanted to lower difficulty at at the end because it was very can't. hard. But you can't. Yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> Dude, that is why I was so stuck on the game. I think uh, for the listener, Oliver knows this already. But I started playing this game back in like 2011, 2012. And then I parked it. And my Steam account remembered where I was. So when we picked this up for this podcast, I was like, oh, yeah, that's where I got stuck the last time. Played it through, got stuck, left that for a week, had to come back just because I needed to figure out how to get through it. But you're right, Oliver, you can't change the difference. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such a modern day luxury now to always be able to change. You can pretty much in new games always change difficulty on the go. But I remember in, in older games, that wasn't always the case. And this kind of... This kind of reminded me in a in a in a harsh way. I was like, "Damn, now I actually need to perform good enough." <laughs> Get good. Yeah, this is the dark age of gaming, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, in that chaotic, sporadic end of podcast and thoughts, tell me now, Oliver, <laughs> how do people get a hold of us if they want? You can find us on Twitter or X at Three Bit Design. And should you wish to leave a comment on the podcast catcher of your choice, I think you can do that. Ooh. I think you can just leave a comment on this podcast. Like, however you're listening to us, I think there is a way to say some things. I think you can also rate the podcast. That'd be nice. Yeah, Give us a little rating. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, that concludes it for, for today, doesn't it, Oliver? It does. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you. Joyful time as always. Joyful, joyful. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Beautiful end. Beautiful.